Thayer Thursday. Thursday. Tom Thayer. 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 1985 Super Bowl champion and football analyst for the Chicago Bears. Heat to win the division, win the division, get into the playoffs. Former offensive lineman. Do they need to get better? Do they need to give up less sacks? Yes, of course. Tom Thayer. Tom Thayer. It's Thayer Thursday on Captain Jay Hood, ESPN Chicago. Good morning, Chicago, and welcome in to the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you on a Thayer Thursday. And Tom is on the hotline. He's on the Car X tire and on a hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Car X man. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Guys, how you doing? Awesome. You. Awesome. You know, listening to that introduction, that was the first time I think boy, you ever talked about the Bears needing to compete to win a division. There's nothing been more true than that. And then to give up less sacks, of course, they gave up nine sacks in two Green Bay games. And out of the five sacks they gave up the other, the other night, three of them were uh, drive-ending sacks. So, you know, you think uh, what we said four and a half months ago and what pertains to today, uh, a couple of those things rang true. So what are the the positives and the things that the Bears need to work on now that you've seen the Bears go from three wins to seven wins, Tom? You know, I mean, I know that excites a lot of people, but I'm still disappointed that, you know, listen, the reason we're talking about seven wins as an improvement is because they've only won three games uh, before, you know, the season before. And I don't think you're any closer to beating the Green Bay Packers than you were a year ago. And that's kind of frustrating to me because unless you could, you know, you went to and showed you could beat Detroit at home, you went into Minnesota, they don't have a quarterback and you beat them there. Um, you know, you got to be able to beat these teams, you know, uh, repeatedly. And I think even that was kind of the message that Kevin Warren put out there yesterday that you got to be a div- division competitor year in and year out if you really want this thing to go in the direction you, you need it to go. But, you know, I, you know, you look at things, I think the defense is a lot better. I think there's depth at every position. I think you can um, still, you know, increase depth at every position when you look at what their, you know, their draft assets could possibly be. I think they need to get a lot better on the offensive line, especially the interior. And uh, then you got to get the quarterback uh, decision figured out because, it's not just a Justin decision. It's a financial decision. It's a business decision. And so a lot of those things that um, are probably conversations behind closed doors that we'll never be privy to, you, you got to get that figured out sooner than later. So I put on a bunch of tape yesterday because it's my life. I like watching tape, <laughs> and I, I enjoy it. I just Me too. I sit back. And I didn't play in the NFL like you did, but I feel like I have a, a general idea of what I'm watching. And I sent it to Olin, and I sent it to Tommy, I sent it to our guys here. I'm watching Caleb Williams make throws that are literally breathtaking. Like, oh my God, how did he fit that ball in there? He is really, really good. That isn't to say that Justin isn't a good football player, but you're always looking to get better. So when you factor in the amount of money in the fifth-year option and then having to extend him or tag him, which is $35, 40000000 at this point in time, versus a five-year rookie deal for a guy who 
my eyes tell me, is more gifted. He's a grand slam home run if you develop him. Are you at all nervous or have trepidation? The Bears have never developed a quarterback in their history. They never have that, that they don't know how to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, there's uh, some nervous portions of me like that. You know, you know, the thing about it is when Jim McMahon came to the Chicago Bears and, you know, he played for one of the best quarterback developers in college football. He also had 72 NCAA passing records when he came aboard and he probably knew more than any coach that was going to coach him. And then at the opposite end of the spectrum, being here when they drafted Jim Harbaugh. And he was a guy that was gut and gritty and, you know, he had a, a committed upside to him because he was willing to do anything possible that he that would help him get better. But, you know, you really lacked, you know, the person that could come in here and develop his traits. And also, you know, Jim came in an era that was before the communication device and the helmet. And that's when quarterbacks had to go back and memorize everything and that took such a toll <clears throat> excuse me on their learning curve Fine. that some players weren't <clears throat> i'll clear sorry. it out tom for god's <laughs> sakes you're on, the, you're on the air for god's sake sorry. Sorry. sorry some players you know it was it's difficult for quarterbacks to uh to continuously memorize all the information that was fed to them week in and week out you know wednesday we're going to install the running game Thursday, we're going to install the passing game. Friday, we're going to install short yardage and goal line. And maybe there are some repetitiveness to short yardage and goal line. However, when you talk about, you know, the um, memorization of the run game, depending upon what defense and who, is, you know, who, wh- who, what type of players you're playing against, and the same thing on Thursday. So, you know, quarterback, develop it, quarterback development has escaped the Bears for quite a while but you know when you when you look at Caleb Williams versus you know a guy like Justin the first thing you brought up cap is the amazing throws he makes mm-hmm. and if you're looking at a quarterback that's what you want to talk about most is the amazing throws he makes not you know your runability so for Justin going forward it's going to be about his development of throwing the ball everybody knows that he's a dynamic athlete probably one of the best top three athletes in the in the NFL so um, you have to figure out what direction you want to go and from the scouts and the ex-GMs and the personnel directors that I've talked to they talk about being uh, or Caleb being a, a once in a lifetime guy. However, you know I came out the same year as Marino, and he was a once in a lifetime guy, and he sank down to the twenties. When you go back and you look at Mahomes, he wasn't the first quarterback taken off the board. So, you know, to get this thing exactly right, it, you know, you're gonna get a player, but it, like you say, it is about that development once they get up here. Tom, you know, the one thing about the NFL, change is inevitable, and it happened with the coaching staff with the Chicago Bears, letting go of Luke Getze and members of the offensive coaching staff. What was the biggest issue with the offense for you? Was it the play design or the execution, if you were able to weigh both? You know, a little bit of both. You know, it's kind of frustrated me the other night against the Green Bay Packers as they ran a pitch sweep, and they had Trent Taylor, number 15, that's 5'8", 170 pounds as your lead blocker. Yep. And they ran it once to the right and once to the left. And the one they ran to the left, that was on second down. So what you got is you got a de- you got a holding call out of Feeney, and you got a, a overwhelmed 
defender coming at Trent Taylor that blew up the play. So now you're backing up, and that's one of the that led to one of those drive-ending sacks. So you know, I, I you know, it's it's frustrating to me, and I look at the uh, you know the the lack of powerful uses of Kari blasting game. I'm still an old school guy, and if I have anything from second and four or less, I like a straight eye formation quarterback under center be deceptive about when you take that center quarterback exchange how you back away from the line of scrimmage and a lot of different things that you can incorporate play action passing you can hand it off to a running back that already has a full head of steam going into the impact zone of the of the line of scrimmage so uh you know that is you know one thing that i was always a little taken aback by and then i think if you go and you watch the game this past week. If you take uh, an imaginary line and you put it right in the neutral zone, and then you take the tape and you go two steps into the play and then stop it, and then look at where the helmets of the line of scrimmage are. Is your offensive line getting movement forward to increase the development of success for that offensive play? And then the same thing on the opposite side of the ball. Take it and stop it and see where the helmets are at, at two steps into the play. Are you winning the battle at the line of scrimmage? And um, so, you know, I, I don't think that was really the strong point in the game on Sunday afternoon, and that's one of the things that they have to get better at no matter if the team knows what they're doing or what they aren't doing. I think one of the situations, I was at the game. It was the first time I was ever at Lambeau. thought it was cool as hell. I had a great <laughs> time. Great time, great environment. People were very nice. Uh, just... You know what, Cap? That is the biggest bunch of baloney. And this is why I do, I'm sorry to interrupt you because all they're doing is they know that they're fattening the lambs. Yeah, they're pat- the patting slaughter. me on the head like the good little boy. Oh, yeah. oh, man! Thanks for coming. I hope you really enjoyed your experience. And you know, this is an awesome bull crap. But I... you got to get to the point where the Bears go into Lambo or into Soldier Field and they beat them every time they come here. And, um, you know, because you're, you're not the first person that said that to me early in the morning. Um, somebody said, oh, they couldn't be more accommodating. Oh, they're so nice. Oh, the food in the press box is so good. Listen, don't feed us anything. You know, kick us in the head when we get in the stadium. But when you're driving away from there, it's got to be a busload of happy people. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't disagree, but I did have a great time uh-huh. sitting there. We're like at the 20-yard line, and I think the play you're talking about with Trent Taylor, one of them, it's second and two after a Roshan Johnson eight-yard gain, Yep, and we go backwards. But I also remember we've run our version of the tush push during the season, and the guy pushing from behind is freaking Darnell Mooney. He's Thank 165 you. pounds. Thank Where you. in the hell is... Kari Blasted game or Comet or My Mercedes guy. Lewis. Really? 100%. You know, the thing about it, too, is when you go back and you watch Philly run the tush push. Yep. Um, and I hate even saying that. You know, we got to, you know, have a, you know, a different name for the a Grant play Park that's... shove. Yeah, whatever. You know, zero power. How about that? Zero hole power straight ahead. But listen, huh? so when they go back to. Um, Jail or yeah, Jalen Hurts. The two guys pushing behind, they reach underneath his rib protector, and they push his rib protector, which advances him forward. Mm-hmm. So if you're just 
behind him trying to make a useless block. You're not going to do anything to help the play. It's about the specific design and hand placement of the guys behind the quarterback that are getting the quarterback moving forward. And so, you know, that's that's what it takes. And uh, if so if you're going to go in there and run that play, put some power behind the quarterback. Don't, you know, put a 170-pound wide – and listen, man, I love Darnell – Mooney. I, I really love the guy. I respect the hell out of him and his desires and work ethic, but not on that play. Yeah, it'd be like asking you to run the Olympic sprint. You did different things. You have a different skill set. Be utilized for that skill set. The last thing I wanted to ask you, if an offensive coordinator's out there, whether it's Shane Waldron or whoever, if he has multiple opportunities, he's worth his salt, and he can go Fresh start in Washington, where they're going to draft whoever at number two if the Bears take Caleb at one. He can go work for Belichick and maybe uh, Chargers and have Justin Herbert. Why would a guy take this situation if Justin's returning, trying to have a reclamation project in year four with a head coach who, if he doesn't win next year, boy, the chorus for his uh, a change is going to be very, very loud. Well, look at the opposite end of the spectrum. Say he comes in here, and whether it's Justin or a newly brought in quarterback, and the offense just blows up, and they start winning games, they start averaging a lot more plays and points per game. He's going to be the next uh, hot, uh, you know, hot guy for a head coaching position. So, if a guy has any confidence in himself and the development, and kind of taking some of the pieces they have in place of a DJ Moore, a Cole Komet. Darnell Wright, uh, Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, and then you have, uh, you know, Roshan Johnson. If, if you are a guy that really believes in Ryan Poles, and I do, and I think he can bring talent in here, whether it be a free agent or through the draft, if the, all of a sudden the Bears' offense becomes hot and they go and compete and win the division, that guy's going to be next up for a head coaching position. And that's always one of the scary things when you have a defensive-minded head coach. You bring in an offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden he blows things up. Uh, you know, everybody puts him on the radar, just like when you look at in uh, in Detroit or some of these other you know guys that are on the hot seat. Tom, lastly, and we appreciate your time, I don't think you'll be talking about this on uh, Bears Weekly starting at 6 o'clock here on ESPN 1000, so I'll ask you this question now. Um, so what's more of an accomplishment, the greatest accomplishment to you? Because we had a whirlwind of news yesterday along with the Bears and you know, letting go of Luke Getze. We were able to see Bill Belichick no longer with the Patriots and Nick Saban no longer with Alabama. Which accomplishment is um, greater to you between those two coaches? Well... You know, probably Nick Saban because, you know, he has a a, a revolving door of players year in and year out with the transfer portal and guys that come there and then they don't get an opportunity to play and then they leave. But he, you know, the success that he's had over a period of time and being able to be successful in college, rebounding from a bad experience in the NFL and then going back to college and rebounding successfully. Um, And then when you look at Belichick, when I was playing and he was the coach at Cleveland, they were bad and he was bad. And then Tom Brady, um, you know, came aboard and he turned that franchise into the success they were able to have. And then once he left, they didn't have the success anymore. So to me, I think what Saban has been able, what what he has done, um, especially 
with a group of really influential kids at that point from 17 to 20 years old. I, I like what Saban's been able to do. Hey, man, have a great rest of your day. Look forward to seeing you soon for lunch. I'm awesome. buying. Thanks, guys. Be good. See you, boys.